Super Bowl 57 is over, and the full NFL offseason is now upon us. We've got three new big boards to break down, mine, Shane's, and the consensus board. All that and more tonight on the Draft Countdown Podcast. To tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host Brian Bosard. As always, my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 70 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 26 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. We're kind of in this this lull right here between the All-Star Games and the Combine. Uh, so, uh, you know, you and I reworking our rankings this week and updating from those All-Star Games. And then Combine's going to be right here. We're, we're prepping and going to have some previews on the site here coming up. So I'm excited for that because that's going to definitely change things. Ten weeks away, man. It feels like it snuck up on us. I know. I know it does, right? It's been kind of busy these past couple weeks. I feel like uh, they move pretty quick. So we're, we're getting close. We're getting real close. We are that. Uh, well, I mentioned in the opening. Uh, well, first, let's get this get this out of the way. Uh, if you've got any questions for us tonight, please ask them in the chat here. If you're watching along live on YouTube or Facebook, if you are uh, on Twitter, send us a question there at draft countdown. We'll get to it and um, join our discord and ask a question there. If you not a member of discord, I don't know why not, but go ahead and go to draftcountdown.com in the search bar, the top right corner, there's a link to join our discord. We'd love to have you there to talk draft all the way up to it. Shane, uh, mentioned uh, the Super Bowl is over. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, unhappy, not not happy. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will now pick thirtieth, Shane, uh, with the new draft order, and the Kansas City Chiefs will pick thirty first. As we've mentioned many times, no. Uh, 30, 32 picks in the first round this year because of Miami shenanigans. That means Pittsburgh, with Chicago's second-round pick, gets a de facto first-round pick, Shane, with the top of the second-round pick, 32. It's nice, yeah. Basically basically a first-round pick just without the fifth-year option. Uh, and you also get, get a whole day to uh, shop the pick as well between day one and day two of the draft. So, um, yeah, you know, good on the Chiefs. It was a, it was a good Super Bowl to me. I, I just wanted to be competitive and close and – a lot of offense is always fun, um, but uh, I, th- I think those teams have some needs. The Eagles also picking 10th overall, so they have two picks to restock with some free agents coming up. Yeah, they, they, especially on that defensive front, I think they're 
they kind of went all in up there. It paid off, you know, four guys, 10 plus sacks. But you got you're gonna have to replace some of those guys. This is a draft to do that for sure. So they they will will be able to get better uh with those two first round picks. Uh Shane, you made some money Sunday night. I know at least on one of those prop bets, right? I did, uh, I did, I did. I, I got I and I bet it early. I wrote the article early. It didn't post till Sunday, but I got uh the first song of the halftime show uh for Bitch Better Have My Money uh from Rihanna. So it was plus one thousand when I bet it. I think Sunday when it when my article hit it was like minus two hundred. So um, Oh so unfortunately I didn't make anyone else money, but I, I, I did well. So I'm guessing well, at least you cash, Shane. That's uh yeah. That's all we care about here. Uh, how else did you do on the other props? Not not so good. It, it was so good. it was not it, was, it wasn't it wasn't my best Super Bowl. You know, once the coin toss didn't go my way, that's when you know things are just going to go downhill. But um, Devonta Smith did not score. He was an uh, Jalen Hurts underthrow from walking into the end zone and stepped out of bounds. Um, so a lot of them were super close, um, but not not my best Super Bowl. Uh, so ne- next year we'll, we'll pick it back up. Friend of the show, uh, Kyle, said uh, he hit the over on the anthem, then hit the coin toss, hit the defer, and then hit the kickoff. Going, oh, wow. Uh, going touchback. So uh, he, he, his day started off right uh, with it, that Super Bowl. The anthem, it depends where you got it. Because where I had in the article went under uh, where it was on Sunday. Um, so uh, good good on him. Good on him. That's that's an awesome start. Yeah, good, good start there. Um so yeah, let's uh, let's just put a bow on the 2022 NFL season. Um, I know a lot of teams disappointed. Looking at you, Green Bay fans had big aspirations there, and you know a few other teams. But uh, what, what was your grand summation of the 2022 NFL season? I think the season kind of showed. Um, yeah, it showed just various ways you can win in the NFL. I mean, we had obviously teams with great quarterbacks, a team like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, even losing Tyree Kill, losing what they lost. You could, you're, you could still win a title. We saw the 49ers go far with Mr. Irrelevant, a quarterback for half the season, right? When a defense can win you games. I think that's what I got out of it. Like, you know, we always talk about quarterbacks and uh, that's what runs the league. And it does to, to an extent. But you can always think you have a guy, the Broncos and Russell Wilson last year, and, and it blows up on you, right? And we see all the Carson Wentz uh, and the Eagles before. So I think there's different ways to win, and I think that's important. I've seen a lot of criticism of, like, why would you sign Derek Carr? Like, Derek Carr's a top-20 quarterback in the NFL. You can win with him with a good team. I, I think it's important to keep that in mind and not just say, you know, the only way is to, uh, to have one of the best in the league. There's only a couple teams that can do that. Uh, so even though the Chiefs won the Super Bowl with the best quarterback in the league, maybe a guy that will be the best quarterback ever. I, th- I think looking at some of the successes, even teams that didn't make the playoffs that had did better than we thought, the Jets, the Lions, you know, they're doing it in different ways. Yeah. Uh, talking about Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr at $15 million a year. I don't like Derek Carr at $43 million a year. So right. <laughs> so the, now, now, that that, now that that money's off the table – We'll see where Derek Carr's landing spot ends up being. But, you know, and that, and that was a big thing story coming into the season was how dominant the AFC West was supposed to be. It didn't really turn out to be that way. So, yeah. Where yeah, the right. NFC East, however, was 
on its head who 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 can figure things out. But 2022 season is over. Uh, free agency, we're about, what, a month away from that uh, beginning. I think it's mid-March. It'll be after a, co- a couple of weeks after the combine. So we'll, all those deals will start getting made at the combine. Wink, wink, you know. <laughs> no, no tampering in the NFL. No, that, that doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But the 2022 season, you know, I'll be at the disappointing ending for me again this year. I feel like 2023 is headed in the right, the right direction. So. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good, it's going to be a good year next year. This rookie, good rookie class coming in. Um, 23 is going to be fun. Yeah. All right, Shane. So we've updated big boards this week. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, this is reflective of the all-star games. This also means all of the guys that went back to school are removed from the boards. So we, we've got, we know who's in the draft now. So we've set up our boards that way. Now uh, I went to 300 uh, this time and honestly, I cut a couple of guys off that I, that I like that I think could work their way into draftable uh, status. So, that feels good to me for the overall depth of the class. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of people say that that day three area is going to be tough to mine through some tough sledding because of a lot of the guys that went back. I, I guess it you know depends on your point of view, but I, I think it's going to be okay. No, I, I, I think it is going to be good. Like you said, I mean, I'm going to 300. My board's coming out um, tomorrow, and I felt the same way. I think there are players that I was – cutting off that, you know, I feel, feel good about her. I think this guy's really athletic and going to work out what his pro day, right? Like I, I would like to put him in the draftable category, but it's a, I think it's a good draft. I think it's a deep draft at a lot of positions, uh, maybe outside of quarterback. I think most positions have, you know, some depth to them where you can get some contributors on day three, really doing this help me see that, that, Hey, this, you know, this is a pretty strong group. And I think even the undrafted group is going to be pretty good. Yeah. I think quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, you could make the argument is the maybe worst position group overall amongst the entirety of it. I mean, I, I would feel hard pressed to say that. I mean, I think there's two guys I feel really good about. There's one guy I felt really good about till he tore his ACL in November and then there's two other lottery tickets, and after that, it's uh, tough sledding. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem with the quarterback position. Is I mean, it it it, it gets it just gets thin quick. And being able to go back to school, right? You know, I think it didn't affect this class as a whole that much um, with these players getting the extra years of eligibility. But the quarterback position is one where it did. Because I think, you know, we have Michael Penix, we have Bo Nix, we have some of these players that in a typical year would have to come out. Um, then, you know, that position would be stronger. So I think that's, you know, th- that's an area that is uh, weak outside of the top top couple, like you said. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, uh, like I said, I dropped my board today. Um So you can uh, you can go to draftcountdown.com. I had a couple of oversights that were pointed out to me. That's fine. You know, it's going to happen. I did that really yeah. late last night, Shane, you know. Forgot Luke Musgrave. Forgot, like, a couple of the underclassmen that I didn't mix in. And, uh, you know, 
and had Brian Breezy on there twice. Look, he's so. just that good. That's fine. That's all good. I mean, that, look, the I don't think I've done a seven round mock where I haven't forgotten someone and gotten a tweet about it yet. So it's it is par for the course with when trying to organize three hundred names. It, yeah. it gets difficult. <laughs> yeah. To make sure it doesn't happen again, Shane showed me a little trick that lets that highlights double names. Uh, you're not seeing things. There are two Byron Youngs in this draft. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the the Byron Young will forever be highlighted on our sheets now for, <laughs> yeah. uh, for this class. So the consensus board, which is the board where we take both of our big boards and combine them together, uh, Put up some discrepancies there, Shane. There's some guys that you are way higher on uh, than I am, and there's guys that I am way higher on than you are. So I'll just go with me first, and let's just start at the quarterback position because there's one name here that uh, we talked about it off air. Not on your big board is Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback from UCLA. I have him at 158, which is a fifth round grade. So you don't like uh, Mr. DTR there, Shane. Like I said, I, I mean, I think the class as a whole is pretty weak. Um, I, I I think he has some athletic ability. Uh, maybe could get drafted late, but honestly, when I was, when I was stacking my board. What it came down to was I had a lot of other positions that I wanted to get guys on there rather than quarterback. Um, so I mean, he, he was the next quarterback up to make the top 300. He definitely is close. Uh, initially, was I planned on him, Clayton, Toon, Stetson, Bennett all being on there and just didn't have the space. Uh, that happens sometimes where I, uh, I like some of the depth at the other positions better. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I just wonder, DTRs, if he gets drafted – I mean, his best case scenario is going to be, um, you know, what, Ty what Tyler Huntley does for Baltimore, just a system quarterback that can move and you're hoping you can get a win out of him and keep it close with him. Maybe Trace McSorley, you know, a player like that, that is just a backup eternally and bouncing from practice squad to practice squad. I'm not sure DTR has the dynamic ability that, uh, you know, that could be a starter. I mean, Look, I, for now, for the next five years, I'll, I got to say, well, I would have said that about Brock Purdy, too. So let's see what, you know, let's see what happens. But that that's my my evaluation of him. And um, I, I didn't even I didn't even think he had a good shrine week. Like, I didn't even think he was that good. So, uh, you know, that just didn't help either. I liked his flashes um, at UCLA that I saw this year, which leaves me – I. Let's be honest. I don't have him rated ahead of any quarterback I think is going to be an NFL starter. You know, I, I so it's, it's, it is what it is. I know you hate Jason Brownlee, so we won't talk about him. <laughs> I don't hate Jason Brownlee. It just, there's a lot of, it's, it's a good receiver group. I there are three cornerbacks here that I want to highlight that I am higher on than you. One, I probably need to get off the Kool-Aid a little bit, but I still see the potential in Eli Ricks uh, more than most do. Uh, combine could kill that. I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, he's 87th on my board, which is a third-round grade. He's 205 for you, which is sixth, sixth round. Um, 
which tells me he's a special teams guy, you know, at the next level, which I'm sure he's <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if he's how that is either. He has he's uh, not played special teams before, so which is probably why he didn't see the field a lot at Alabama now that I think about it. Right. Um Garrett Williams, I think I can explain. This is the ACL for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big knockdown the corner from Syracuse. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Garrett Williams. Like, I thought he had a really good year. And if he would have been healthy, he probably would be five to six spots higher on my corner board, which would, yeah. you know, put him maybe 50 spots higher. But uh, I'm worried about it until we hear about it. You know, if he can show that he can work out or do something, then that he'll definitely rise. I feel like it was early enough in the season that he should be able to play next year. And I think that teams will look at the tape that he had put on and, and gets him in that late third round area. Maybe one of those comp picks at the bottom of the third round, you know, like the, an extra pick I think could be a spot him. The other, the other was a guy I uh, loved coming out of the senior bowl was Julius Brents. I am way higher than you here. 58 on my board, uh, 142 on your board. So I think a big difference in the corners is a lot of the like underclassmen three, four year guys that declared and where they kind of line up. Right. Cause that was what I had to decide is Julius Brent's better than Karen, Karen Valentine from Kentucky. Um, is he better than Jalen Jones, Texas A&M, Alex Austin, Oregon state, DJ Turner, Michigan, um, you know, and Brent's at Kansas State, I thought, did really well, has that physicality. We know the size. I think there are going to be teams that have him much, much higher on their board. And that, that's what's tough for us making a board, too. We're not an NFL team. We don't have a system. We don't have a type. Teams are not going to have all 20, you know, top their, the top 20 corners we have even ranked on their board because some don't even fit the system. So, for me, it was kind of the, the balance of, you know, Brent's versus some of those other players um, who are a little bit younger who I think have a little bit more dynamic athleticism, I think it will depend on the team ultimately. Well, we were pretty close on a lot of guys, like within three or four spots. Uh, but it looks like we had, what, like six or seven guys where we were dead on. And I'm not just talking about Will Anderson, Bryce Young at one and three. I mean, we go down to – both had the same 49th overall player, Keon White, the uh, edge from Georgia Tech. Uh, Rasheed Rice, 64th overall on both of our boards. And then Andre Carter, 83rd on both of our boards. Probably was a lot higher uh, before the Senior Bowl week, uh, would be my guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that hurt him. And he was already kind of trending downward, you know. Like, like I said, the whole week, the way in, I was like, oh, we got to drop him a little bit. And then the week didn't go well. Uh, it, it is wild because we don't talk about these too much ahead of time and we don't talk about specific rankings or anything. So to have some of these players, even to have some in the hundreds, one one or two spots away, I think is pretty uh, pretty pretty impressive, um, you know, which is why we, we run this site together, right? We, my, uh, my, we Miles Brooks, the corner from Louisiana Tech, a guy neither – I think we barely talked about on this show. We both end up within three spots of, of him on our boards, 184 for me, 187 for you. All right, so let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here and guys that you are much higher on than me. And let's look at – I'm just going to put one big number here. Dayon Henley, linebacker for Washington State. I felt bad about having him as low as I did. It just kind of worked out that way for me. 
Uh, he ended up at 105 on my board. I think he's going to end up higher in the final product, but that's just kind of where it's at right now. 38th on your board, Shane. Oh, I, I've been a fan for a while. We've been talking about him for a while on the show, and I think the Senior Bowl showed the upside that Deion Henley has as a three-down linebacker. Do I think he's going to get drafted at 38th overall? Probably not. Probably does get drafted closer where you have him. But I think he's one of those players like uh, Logan Wilson, who we talk about, you know, in a couple years. It's like, wow, this guy's Fred Warner. This guy's a stud. And how'd he fall this far um, as an off-ball linebacker? It's probably not going to go 38th, but I, I am a big fan. The two guys at the biggest discrepancy that you're higher on than I am, I haven't watched. Ronnie Hickman was one I haven't really studied and was hoping to see him at the Senior Bowl. And he didn't really do a whole lot in practice that I could see and then didn't play in the game. Uh, MJ Anderson, the edge from Iowa State, I think was an underclassman declared I haven't watched yet. So those are the two biggest differences. But as far as guys that we both watched, um, A.T. Perry, the wide receiver from Wake Forest, you have him 109 on your board, 219 on mine. I think it's a speed issue for me. Um, is the difference there? Um, the ability to separate maybe is going to get called into question, especially if he uh, he's at the combine, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if he's in that high four five four six range, that's that's going to hurt, right? Yeah, I, I think it definitely will hurt. I think the key with At Perry too is is the um, is the weight, you know where. I think at the shrine he came in uh, a little bit lighter than expected. Um, let me see if I can pull up the number here. At Perry was 100 and 195 pounds at six three three eighths. Um, I thought he'd be in you know uh, in the two two or five to two ten uh, range. So maybe he's trying to get the weight down to get the speed up. If he comes in at one ninety five and runs a four six then we have a problem and I think it's a big problem, but I really like how AT Perry kind of manipulates corners, comes back to the ball. I think he has pretty good footwork for a guy of his height. You know, he's pretty long. Sometimes those not great separators can get you in the draft. Uh, but I, I do think Perry has a good shot to be a day two pick. I'm trying to look for another large number here. Um, Chris Smith, the second safety from Georgia, uh, 50 spots, 57 spots better on your board. I, I feel like he's going to come up on mine just a little bit as well uh, when it all shakes out. Um, Hunter Lupke, uh, the tight end, fullback, H-back from North Dakota State, comes in 59 spots. Another guy I wish I could have got to see at Senior Bowl. Yeah, that, the, the injury was killer for him. I think Hunter Lupke, it's always tough with a fullback, but when you you have a small school, you know, fullback at at North Dakota State, it's like, where are people going to draft him? But I I think a lot of teams are moving back to the fullback, moving back to utilizing them in the short rushing game, getting a guy, honestly, that can push the quarterback and QB sneaks. (laughs) Like Hunter Lupke can do all these things really, really well. He can catch the football and he can run in short yardage. I, 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 fourth round i think fourth round is very doable for him i think you're right on here with your Maisie smith defensive line in michigan you got him at 70 that feels like exactly where you take an underproductive guy who's a freak athlete that you want to take a gamble on there in that mid third round i've got him early fourth round 
on my board. I feel like that's that's kind of that sweet spot in right in between that. The right in between those two numbers is probably where you take a guy like that. Um, I, I, man, I think we're both going to be too low on. <laughs> maybe like once the once the combine happens, he. I mean, he was number one on the freaks list. Bruce Feldman's freaks list this offseason, which says which tells you he's probably going to have a good combine. He's, prob- right? he's going to have a nine point five RAS or better, um, relative athletic score, which is. Uh, superb so i think we're gonna have to move him up even being underproductive at michigan i think mozzie smith is uh, the upside is gonna be too great like some team might take him in the first round uh, I, if he's a first round pick it wouldn't surprise me i wouldn't do it but someone might zach charbonnet running back ucla uh you are 61 on your board which puts him late second round i dropped him all the way out of day two uh, oh, on my man. big board ranking updates, because one question keeps just popping in my head: Why was he not in an all-star game? I know he was eligible. Man's been in college six years. He should have been at one of them. Why wasn't he? Question that I need answered in my head. I, I, I understand. I mean, maybe he maybe he wasn't eligible. Like uh, what? He 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 was in school for four years. We had a lot of four-year guys that should have been in all-star games that weren't eligible. So I, I wonder with the transfer, you know, because what 19, 20, 21, 22. So maybe with the transfer, he didn't graduate. Like that's the only thing I could, I could think of. But there's guys like Alex Austin. I think there's a number of four-year kind of transfer players that didn't go anywhere. So I don't know. But he's 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 going to come in at 215 and run a, you know, 447, like, and be as productive as he is. I think – He's, he, I mean, he's my RB4, I think, pretty pretty clearly in this class to me. I think it's a pretty big step. We're going to look at some of the positions, bro. We're going to break down just kind of like the top, quickly break down like the tops of each positions here in a minute um, once we get through with this. Uh, talk about a couple more guys here. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, Tennessee. Um, if, if I can't see you, how can I love you type of deal was with me here why I come in at 114. Uh, Shane, you end up at, with him at 73, which is probably right. I, like I said, I, and I think he could go higher than where both of us have him or, or lower. Like uh, like you said, being injured this season and seeing Jalen Hyatt's emergence, you wonder about the system being good. It's kind of like A.T. Perry. Like Cedric Tillman, not a big separation guy. Uh, what are you getting out of him? So part of me even want, wanted to kind of drop him a little bit lower, put guys like – you know, Tyler Scott, uh, the receiver from Cincinnati over him. But I think Tillman's just so productive and physical, uh, such a good route runner too. I think someone's going to like him. Uh, and and I, I could see him translating well to a Keenan Allen type of role. I can't help but notice you have not bailed out on Isaiah Foskey just yet. I've, I've not. I'm, I'm holding, holding strong on Isaiah Foskey. I mean, he's down to my number five edge rusher. Which is pretty good in this edge class because it's a good edge class. Um, senior Bowl wasn't great, but I, I think the production, mul- multiple years of double-digit sacks at a big-time school, is, I think is too too much to pass over. Someone's going to take them top 50. Last one we'll talk about. Obviously, the injury to Nolan Smith is no concern to you, Shane, as he comes in at 19 on your board. I, I'm definitely too high, more higher on him than he'll probably get taken. I, I – he could go top. I mean, I think it's possible he goes top 20. I, I just think Nolan Smith's like a super dynamic player. 
We saw it last year. We saw it at the beginning of this year, even without the. Stats. He's on the header of the of the site. We, we believe getting coming into this season. So he's still going to be a first round pick. We're not. We're not going to spend. He's not going to Spencer Rattler it here for us. Uh, Matter of fact, that. we didn't have any of those this year, did we? We did not. We, we did good. We did good in picking the header for the site. Um, so next year we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we, we do it again. Hopefully. Yeah, that was rough carrying Spencer Rattler all the way through. He's still in school. Still in school. Still, still going. Uh, good stuff. All right. That'll do it for our consensus board uh, discrepancy, Shane. Uh, like I said, I want to kind of look at our um, at our board rankings. And I'll just kind of quickly go through – we'll go through side-by-side, side, look at some of the positions here. We'll start at the top at quarterback. I think we're pretty good here, right? Uh, the top five should be the same five guys for both of us. Uh, maybe a different ordering here. I'm – obviously, I barely ranked Levis and Anthony Richardson in mine. I've had Levis 75th, Richardson 100. I'm not budging. Ooh, ooh, not I'm budging. Not I thought I was budging. spicy. But not budging. 100. And I'm going to be honest, I'm just keeping him there because I know he's getting picked up. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Hendon Hooker's QB3 for me. I just think he's better than the other two players. Despite the age and the injury, I still think he's a better player than Levis. Because I think, to me, Levis, Richardson, and Hooker are all redshirting next year. Yeah, I, which is fair. I, I'm fair to go. I don't know if Levis will – if he goes that highly, depends on the spot, tough. I guess. Yeah, it's going to be tough to redshirt him. You know, if Carolina or Indianapolis take him, like, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? But um, I, I agree, Richardson Hooker both will do that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I have Hooker five, um, Levis three, Richardson four. I have Stroud one and Young two. So, um, do we have the same six? I don't. I don't. I don't know who's your sixth. Hainer. Yes. Yep, Hainer's, Jake Hainer from Fresno State's my sixth as well. The MVP of the Senior Bowl. MVP of the Senior Bowl. Right. Begrudgingly uh, sixth on my quarterback board because I, somebody had to be there. Um, all right, let's move on to running backs. We've got the same number one, right? Probably got the same number two. Uh, B. John Robinson, Texas. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama, one, two for both of us. Yes, same. Number three, I think we could get some variance here. Devin A. Chain is number three for me. Devin A. Chain out of Texas A&M is number three for me. Yes. Woo! Look at Brian with the big Devi guy, the That's same guy. Look at, look at that. There you uh-huh. go. I got Kenny McIntosh four, uh, Georgia, Tajay Spears five from Tulane. Uh, I think that might be where our differences come in. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny McIntosh is not my top ten. So, <laughs> so <laughs> my top ten running backs. Salty. Um, yeah, I know. But look, I, I still like him. The running back group is so deep. But I, I number four, I have Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, who we talked about. Number five, I have Zach Evans from Mississippi still. Combine is going to make this running back, the running back rankings, right? I mean, I mean that's what we're waiting for to figure but, this right. out to me. I'm going to have a prop bet column for the combine coming up. We did we did good on the combine prop bets last year, Shane. Yes. I, I, I'm ready to make some more money. I don't know what the prop's going to be on A-Chain's 40. I want to go under. I don't know what it is. No matter what it is. Um, if it's 4 3, flat. Yeah, what? Let's say 4 3 0. 4 3 0. I'm going under. You're going, you're going fast. I think A Chain's going 4 2 8. Ooh, I think he can. 
Um, my only question on that, and I, I, I think I would probably bet it with you if that was the line, is does he try to bulk up a little bit, right? Because I don't think he wants to come in at 185. No. Um, so if he can get to like 195 and run a 432, that's probably better than being 185 running. A what if he gets to 195 and runs a 428? <laughs> does, then, does he start then, pushing Gibbs? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if a ch- if a chain can push Jamir Gibbs for me, but then then we're then we're talking top, you know, top 40 pick and the late the late late first round. Those that the Super Bowl Eagles and Super Bowl Chiefs start getting interested, right? There you go. Uh, where's Sean Tucker for you now? Running back for Syracuse. I so Sean, I still have him at six. Okay. I think he's gonna go lower than that. Uh, I got some complaints on my last seven round mock because I had him going with the first pick in the fourth round to the Bears. I have him seventh, just below Kendra Miller. Yeah, so. I've I've Miller below him, but. Uh, I think I think it's probably going to change after the. Well, th- th- that's the thing is I think Tucker will have a good combine. Kendra Miller at a TCU will as well. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Here's a curious question I have for you. I I feel like we may have the same top four wide receivers, but different order. That's very possible. Um, I have Quentin Johnson TCU one, Jordan Addison Southern Cal two, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Tennessee three, who could be the first wide receiver off the board. I'm not shocked if that happens. Wow. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, Ohio State four. You're just just disrespecting the Ohio State University, uh, which is 186 miles away from me uh, here, right? The, my my alma mater. Um, we do have the same top four. Jordan Addison at two. Both of us have from from Southern Cal, but I, I have JSN number one. Still still uh, still drinking the Kool Aid. I love it. Yeah, well, I don't even care if he doesn't go in the first round. He's going to be the best receiver from this class. So I'll, I'll just take it to the bank. Um, I have Quentin Johnston at three from TCU. He's probably the guy I have the most questions about, to be honest with you. Like, I am not comfortable watching him and rewatching him. I'm not comfortable with Quentin Johnston. Um, I could be wrong there. The upside's huge. And then I have Jalen Hyatt at four, who I like a ton. So I, I don't mind your ranking at all. And Zay Flowers is five for me, uh, just ahead of – but from Boston College, Kayshawn Booty, six, LSU, just below. Yeah, I have Josh Downs, five, um, North Carolina, then Zay Flowers, then Kayshawn Booty. I have Josh Downs further at 10. I do Ooh. like some guys ahead of him. Still think he's Still think he's a top 60 pick. I just think I like some of these other guys better. Uh, tight I, end is fun. Tight end, tight end is fun. This is a fun group. There's going to be, I think, productive rookies this year drafted into the fourth, fifth round. Is that fair? It's fair. I mean, a tight end, I'm always weary to say that. It seems, like we're, it seems like we're getting better, though. Yeah, it, 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 seem, it seems that way. But, like, you know, you catch a touchdown here, you have a game here, and then you disappear for three games. Like, as a fantasy right. player, no. Uh, you know. When Kyle Pitts rookie year was a disappointment, but the greatest, <laughs> but the greatest rookie tight end, you know, yardage season ever. It's like I don't know, you, you can't really hit it. But so you've got fantasy brain, is is what you're I know. Like. But it, but if there's a group that can get on the field quickly, I agree with you. I, this top five, top six, I would say is, is it. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame number one. I d- I do, but you know, Dalton Kincaid from Utah is. Getting heat, you know, I, I'm interested at the combine for this. 
is Michael Mayer going to run? And if he does, whether he does or doesn't, he could lose that number one spot for me. Two things are going to happen at the combine that's going to shake up this tight end board. And I think Michael Mayer is going to still may end up being the most productive of these tight ends as a rookie and as an NFL career, despite what he may run at the combine. Luke Musgrave's going to blow it up. You saw the athleticism on the field at the senior bowl practices. And the highest RAS score out of this whole group may be Darnell Washington from Georgia. Just due to just sheer size. Just the sheer size. Uh, I, I don't think Darnell Washington is going to work out well enough for that. We'll see. Um, despite, yeah, we'll see. I, I could be dead wrong. I mean, I don't think Jelani Woods last year, uh, now Indianapolis Colt tight end, would be a 10 or anything close. So, like, what do I know? Um, and a good rookie season from Jelani Woods. Very solid. So. Should be the starter next year. Um See, I, I have Michael Mayer from Notre Dame one, Dalton Kincaid from Utah two, Luke Musgrave, Oregon State three, Tucker Craft, South Dakota State four, Darnell Washington from Georgia five, who I can see Darnell Washington could be a first round pick. Uh, I just don't think he'll have the NFL career or the other four. We have the same top four just in different order. I have Mayer, okay. Musgrave, Kincaid, Washington, and Tucker Craft five. So, five. so the same five. We have the yeah. same top five. Uh, Sam Laporta six, I assume, from Iowa. Yes, and another guy who could compete for most athletic tight end at the Combine only because he's a tight end from Iowa, and that's just what they do. That's how it goes. Yep. Um, offensive tackle group, biggest tumbler for me through this process was Jalen Duncan, Maryland. I was a big fan of him coming in. He just got worked at the Senior Bowl. Terrible, and I couldn't unsee that. Ohio State, like Penn State, Ohio State Senior Bowl, it was – just at the end of the season into the offseason has been bad for Duncan. Coming to, coming to 295, too. Not, not good either. No. Yeah. Uh, he dropped down to OT12 for me. He, I saw Duncan at, at 10. Um, I still like the athleticism that he showed at Maryland is good enough. But hey, he goes day three. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, there is one guy ahead of him. I think I'm going to end up moving to interior, and that's Jackson Kirkland from Washington. I have him at 10th. But uh, Broderick Jones, my top offensive tackle from Georgia now. Nice. Nice. He's he, he's still number two for me. I mean, I'm going to stick with Peter Skronsky from Northwestern, despite the shortcomings and the short arms, and we're going to get the complaints at the combine. I think Skronsky is just going to be a great pro. The Ohio State's Paris Johnson, Jr., third? Yes. Anton Harrison, Oklahoma, fourth? Yes. Darnell Wright, Tennessee, fifth. Oh, almost. Oh, sick. so cool. he, he's sixth for me. DeJuan and uh, Jones. Juan Jones from Ohio State. I mean, look at that guy. You, you can tell you, come on. I, both him he's and Darnell Wright. He's, so. he's, he's number six for me. Would have loved to have actually seen him uh, a couple more days at the practice. Uh, but the one day was phenomenal. Speaking of a guy who was at the practice and phenomenal, Matthew Bergeron, Syracuse, uh, seven for me. So, <laughs> good, 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 good. good. It's a good year to get 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 you an offensive tackle uh, in that first round, especially if you're looking to cut one loose that you signed to a big Luke at a free agent contract last year. You know, yes, yeah, and there are a lot of teams that need an offensive tackle, and the ones in free agency, some of them like are good names that were disappointing. <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what teams do. Uh, we have changed our system to where we're now lumping guards and centers into one big group of called IOLs, interior offensive linemen. So that's what we're going to talk about next. And 
the reason we did this, Shane, is because most of these guys are very, especially at this year's class, are some versatile, versatile players. And um, Osiris Torrance is the top for me from Florida, transfer from Louisiana. I, I agree, and I, I still don't feel like high enough on Osiris Torrance, but he's my top interior offensive lineman. I'm anxious to see where, where you go here next. We've got a question about one, so I kind of want to skip over him just a little bit. But uh, John Michael Schmitz the from Minnesota, Steve Avila, T- TCU, Cody Mock, North Dakota State, Andrew Voorhees. I think I'm higher. I, I haven't given up on him just yet from Southern Cal. I know you dropped off on him a little bit. I, I did. I did. But I, I think you're right. Like, I, I have him down at – interior offensive lineman nine, which feels low. Like he could be six and I, I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, I have John Michael Schmitz, Minnesota two, Steve Avila from TCU three, uh, Joe Tippman from Wisconsin four, and Jared Patterson from Notre Dame five. I may be wrong here. And I, and I know I'm going to be because the value of other positions are going to push these guys down into the early part of day three. But if you told me that, 11 or 12 of these guys went on the first two days of the draft. It's not sexy at all, but teams need these guys and they're going to, these are plug and play starters that are going to go in the second, third, fourth round. Well, like you said, it's not sexy. Like it's hard. We saw the Patriots last year. Cool. Strange. Like it's hard for your team to take a guard and be like, yeah, you get, I love you it. You get crucified in the media and they're like, what are you taking a guard from Chattanooga for? Guy started every game. That was great. You know, he was great. So, <laughs> Don't 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 hate if your team takes a, an offensive line and tier offensive line in the top fifty. Like Olatimi from Michigan, McClendon, Curtis, Chattanooga. These are guys that are, they go in the third round are starters next year, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, edge guys, Shane. This is where it might get wild for us here. First of all, do you st- are, are we considering Drew Sanders an edge or a linebacker? I'm still counting as an I- edge. I, I put him at linebacker, but we, we need we need to we need to get together. We, yeah, we got to have a meeting guys, on this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I have him as edge seven. So. I was linebacker one, so I don't know how that <laughs> translates. Wow. Okay. Uh, Will Anderson, obviously number one for both of us. Yes, this is this is a slam Alabama. dunk. Number one overall player of the draft. Uh, number one overall prospect in this draft class, I should say, for both of us. Uh, I have Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, too. As you do as well. I. Yeah. I, th- I just think the production that he did show when he was on the field is worth moving Tyree Wilson up there. I think he'll be a top 10 pick. Miles Murphy, Clemson, three? I do have Miles Murphy from Clemson, three. Um, I kind of feel higher on him, I think, than consensus because that production never really showed. But I, I think the athleticism we'll see at the combine. Another guy who I expect probably test athletically well because he comes from Iowa and that program generally tests very well. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa guy, kind of falling for in some rewatch here. Uh, edge four for me. I I, I have him at eight. I, I am lower on Lucas Van Ness, and I understand the upside. Like I understand why why you love him because when he makes a play, I mean he makes a play. But uh, I I don't know if the dude can play every snap on defense, and he didn't do it at Iowa who was on the field, you know, not even that much on defense. Like, I don't know if he can hold up. Um, that's kind of a question mark for me. He's going to go probably top 20 in the draft, and I'll have him much lower. Um, Will McDonald, Iowa State, really impressive at the senior bowl. Uh, five for me at the edge position. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I have them down at 10, but I, I'm with you. Like, like the top 10 are great. They're great players. You know, I mean, I'm bashing Lucas Van Ness, but I, I think he's I think he's great. I think he's top 50 pick still with what he's he a star. He's a starter when he goes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have Nolan Smith from Georgia for Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame five. I'm still, you know, give me the, the productive, uh, productive uh, Foskey there still. I mean, I'm all the way down to guys at like 11, uh, Keon White from Georgia Tech, 12, Zach Harrison, Ohio State. Three, Adi Adabarwore from Northwestern. Andre Carter. Derek Hall is my f- number 15 edge. These are all guys that are going to get sacks in the NFL. It's, no, it's This may be one of the deepest position groups in this draft class. Yeah, I, I mean, and uh, B. Joe, Jalari, LSU, Felix Enaduke, Zama, Kansas State. Like, I, I think the top 14, 15 edge rushers are probably top – you know, it could be top 75 picks. Or it should, should be. Yeah. Interior defensive line. Uh, now, Jalen Carter, both going to be number one for us at this position. Uh, yeah. No doubt there. I feel like Brian Breezy from Clemson, number two for me. Yeah, kind of by default to me. Um, I'm with Breezy. you. I'm with you because I'm not in love with the next six or seven guys that I have. But Siaki Ika from Baylor comes in at three for me followed by Jervon Dexter from Florida and Kalijah Kansi from Pitt, who is the just the size worries me uh, for him, but his freaking tape and production is crazy. Yeah, man, that first step is electric, and teams are double-teaming Kalijah Kansi this year. He is still getting it done. So definitely, I think, a riser for um, you know, somebody I didn't watch intensely during the season. But I, I have uh, – Truly Tupulatu from Southern Cal 3, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin 4. I'm on the Keanu Benton train here. And um, Jervin Dexter from Florida, who you mentioned 5. And I have Klaja Kansi 6 and Ika at 7. So, you know, I'm right there with you. And uh, it's not – I don't think it's like a super – there's some upside guys. There's some safe players. Like, I think Benton – and Ika are very safe. I think Cansey and Dexter have some upside. Like, it's what you want and the risk you want to take with this group. Yeah, I've got uh, Benton at six. Uh, Zach Pickens, South Carolina at seven. Still still there for me. Uh, Tui Puilotu, uh comes in at eight for me. I'll tell you, though, later in this draft, there's some sweaty guys that uh, are going to make a roster. And when I mean sweaty, I mean the big nose. Guys, I'm talking like Gerard Clark, Coastal Carolina, um, Jordan Riley, Oregon, just guys that you're going to draft in that fifth, sixth, seventh round that are just going to plug that hole and just do the dirty work while everybody else uh, gets to claim the glory. But So it's fun, deep class for those guys too. Uh, DJ Dale, Alabama is another one that I think fits that role. Um so you have Trenton, you have a uh, Drew Sanders linebacker one. Uh, we mentioned that, like I said, we, we haven't had our collective, uh, what position do they play meeting yet? Uh, so I am going to probably end up moving Sanders over there as well, where this isn't a deep group. I think it's some fun players in this group, but uh, Trenton Simpson is my number one, uh, number one linebacker from Clemson. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a monster. I think potential first round pick Trenton Simpson's there. For me as well. He's my number two, but right there with uh, Drew Sanders. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm with you. I actually think there's some depth here. I look at the, the even the combine invites. There's a lot of guys that didn't get invited. Aubrey Miller from Jackson State and Michael Jones from Syracuse. I'm like these guys can play um, special teams and, and do something. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I ended up with Noah Sewell at uh, from Oregon at, at two. Uh, Henry Toto from Alabama at three. Jack Campbell from Iowa at four. Nick Herbig from Wisconsin at five, and then Dayon Henley. Uh, at six. Yeah, just disrespecting Dan Henley over there. I see I see what it is. Now I got Dan Henley at three from Washington State, Jack Campbell, Iowa four, Noah Sewell, Oregon five, Byron Young, Tennessee six. I don't know if we keep him at linebacker. He he's I have him at edge. So there's yeah, he's another a little one bit of everything. Gonna, there's another one of those guys we're gonna have to have a meeting about to decide. And then Nick Herbig uh, from Wisconsin, I have at seven. Yeah, and like you said, there's some fun guys later on. Isaiah Land, Ford AM is another one. Uh, Owen Papo, kind of just forgotten about. It feels like we've been talking about him for years now from Auburn, another guy. Uh, corner's another deep one, Shane, and I think we're going to be all over the board here. Like, we can go 15, 16, 17 deep here and <laughs> and, and probably come up with all kind of names. Uh, but we'll I'll go quickly with my top five. Uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon is one for me. Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, is two. Cam Smith, South Carolina, is three. Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State is four. And Emmanuel Forbes, uh, number five from Mississippi State. Um, I'm guessing there are differences. Yeah, slightly. It's not It's not a huge difference. Um, I, I imagine our top five, you know, I think we have similar players, probably in our top six. It's probably the same. Um, Joey Porter Jr. I have at one. Christian Gonzalez, two. Devin Witherspoon, three. Emmanuel Forbes, four. I have Keely Ringo from Georgia at five, uh, despite the the drubbing against Ohio State. And uh, your boy Cam Smith at six. I have Keely Ringo at six. Six, so. right. So works out. And then, yeah, I mean, like the, the next – tier is really good <laughs> Deontay Banks Maryland I have you know Kyle Blue Kelly had a great senior bowl from Stanford I know Clark Phillips from Utah keeps getting moved down my board but then I'm like man he's so good I don't want to move him down uh so you know it gets it gets tough yeah I mean I've got Phillips at seven uh I have Tyreek Stevenson from Miami I was really impressed with him at the senior bowl I know he was getting some buzz coming into the week and he more than showed that uh and we talked excuse me we talked about Julius Brents earlier I have him at 10. Where did you settle on Darius Rush after the senior bowl week? So I, I have Darius Rush from South Carolina at 13, which once again feels low. That's higher than me. Really? Wow. Okay, I have yeah. him at 14. All right. All right. Look I'll take it. it. Higher on the South that. Carolina guy. Look at One that. guy, let's talk, let's talk about quick because we have not talked about him at all, I think, on this podcast. And that's Jalen Jones, Texas A&M, the corner. The link, the size looks great. Tell me yeah. about his film, Shane. That what do what do you what do you like or dislike? Uh, I, I think Jalen Jones, the jam corner. I mean, he was used really up close and personal with that X receiver, um, which I think was a smart way to play him. Um, we're used to that length of physicality. I, I don't know if he's the most athletic player. He's not going to you know run a fast forty or sit and run with you, but like plays really smart, has some ball skills, um, plays the ball a lot, and turns into a running back when he gets it. So I think there's upside. I really wish he went back to school for another year. He's one of those underclassmen. I'm like, eh, you know, maybe you're round three, late round two pick. Um, so I, I like him. I don't love him. I have a 16, but like, like I said, such a good group. I mean, the top 25, I, I, I think are solid. 
combine is going to be the biggest fluctuator of all these guys, especially the underclassmen. Because what if Jalen Jones measures in at six foot? You know, right. you know, so like, that well, it could could blow this whole game up. Safety, I don't think, is a deep group, but there's some fun guys here. Uh, Brian Branch, Alabama's. Is he top yeah, for you? Easy okay. one. Yeah. Antonio Johnson, too. Yes. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Um, I have J.L. Skinner, Boise State, three. I have him at four. Okay. Uh, I have Jamie Robinson, Florida State, at four. I have him at six. And I have Brandon Joseph, Notre Dame, at five. I have him at five as well. The only difference, I have Chris Smith from Georgia. We talked about him at three. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess pretty good. And, uh, Jair Brown from Penn State. I like him at seven. So, I think a safety is another decent group. It's not as deep as corner, but top ten is pretty good. Yeah. Quickly, who's kicker one? I, I still have Jake Moody from Michigan. I know he wasn't at the Senior Bowl, but uh, I have him, then Chad Ryland, then Jake Belosny. Yeah, I didn't see anything worthy of the kickers to notate any so, note there. Uh, punter one. I'm going Adam Corsick from Rutgers. I don't know what your senior bowl watching says. I know you were intently watching the punters. No respect for Michael Turk from Oklahoma. Uh, number is, three. Number three on my board. No, that is, what a Michael shame. Turk. That's an what inside, a shame. No respect. joke there. Yeah, no respect, no respect. For, for me. Uh, Bryce Beringer from Michigan State will be my number one. For no reason other. Alex Ward, UCF, number one long soccer. There you go. Yeah, probably, probably the only one with a shot to get drafted. Here. He's not getting drafted. Let's let's not give that kid false hope. Oh, I'll never say never. There's, there's a couple teams need long snapper. All right, Shane. Uh, I had another topic, but we we, we filled enough filled enough airspace here with that. Let's get to some questions. And uh, let's go to Twitter for get one here. Angry Rob ask uh do draft rankings vary at the bottom of the draft i.e quarterbacks as much as they vary at the top specifically overvaluing in round one is common but what about other rounds does Purdy's success elevate quarterbacks in the later rounds as a result undrafted round seven etc it's an interesting question i yes i mean I, i think the easy answer is that um rankings at the bottom vary very wildly right like, um, I think you're going to see teams look at that round six, seven at quarterback because of Brock Purdy and say, okay, who has some tools that I can grab and, and see what happens, you know, but if Brock Purdy had been on 20 other teams in the NFL, he probably would have gotten cut, you know, so that, that happens often as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think even more so at the, the bottom of the draft, their teams are going to take players to fit their system. Uh, take what they want. So I, I don't, I know we're running on time, but um, I've seen on Twitter as a Steelers fan, a Steelers drafted Chris Oladukin, you know, over Brock Purdy. Right. And, and cut him. And it's like the Steelers drafted. Steelers Chris cut him too. Right. Steelers would cut Purdy. And they drafted Chris Oladukin to be Lamar Smith on the scouting team. That's, that's why they drafted. Right. You know, they, they wanted that. So like Brock Purdy wasn't going to do that. So teams have specific things they want out of players. So guys that are good might not be on their board, and that's what happens. And we've talked about this a lot, and I think it fits into this question as well. When you start seeing, like, especially wide receiver corner, uh, those positions start getting drafted in that fifth, sixth, seventh round, and you see them get drafted over players that were more productive in college, like why is wide receiver such and such getting drafted over highly productive wide receiver? It's because he plays special teams. 
And that's what these teams are are are, are trying to get. They're trying to get core special teamers there with those fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. And if they hit the lottery on one of them guys and they produce, great. Uh, great example would be what Antonio Brown, right? Yeah, From, I mean, I mean that's a great Brown example. Pick out of Central Michigan was would make got got in on special Terrell Davis, legendary for how he even made the Broncos team was a big hit down kickoff coverage in the preseason and ends up being you know a Hall of Fame running back. So. Special teams guys are, are a lot of what you'll see get drafted that you know fifth, sixth, seventh round area as well. So something something to look for. Uh, let's go to the Discord, Shane. Uh, you kind of answered this question there, but I kind of felt like we needed to put it put it out in the, the public here. Uh, Cuckoo Fun Pants asking the Discord, uh, what a name. That's What's great. the vibe on Marvin Mims, wide receiver from Oklahoma? I uh, just checked out Rotoviz and Siegel. I'm not sure that is. Uh, spotlighted him. So I'll give my opinion. I think uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, I think you have him higher. I, I think he's interesting. Like Marvin Mims from Oklahoma has some production. He's very small, very frail. Um, you know, he's thin. And so I, I don't really see the high end athleticism. Like he has deep speed, but he's not super explosive. He's not super quick. Uh, he He's not even the best route runner. I, I just don't see a lot of traits. I'm like, man, this guy's an NFL starter, despite the production in a big school. I, I could be wrong. If he blows up the combine, he has a high raz. I'll be like, well, you know, I, I missed the boat there, but um, maybe go back and watch him. But I've never been uh, like, hey, this guy's a top 50 pick. Um, I think I have him 14th in my receiver rankings, um, you know, which feels low, but is 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 kind of where I have him. When I saw that today, I'm like, damn, am I that high? I'm Marvin Mims, I guess I am. I guess when I see him and I see some of the stuff he's done on tape, I'm like, He's 75% Devontae Smith. That's kind of what I saw from the frame and everything, but he's not 100% Devontae Smith, right? Which is why I have him in the third round and not the first. So that's kind of what you're hoping is that you're going to get a guy that can, you know, produce at that level with the small frame. You have to overcome the frame issues uh, for Marvin Mims. Yeah. Uh, G10 got some questions here. Our good buddy from across the pond, but first, uh, Cole World here. Uh, Cole World, see how are you? Yeah. There, uh, but yeah, some uh, some good some good questions here from G10, and, and we briefly touched on his name earlier. But uh, where do you see Joe Tipman, the uh, from Wisconsin? Do we switch him to guard? I think we do. Um, think or we think we already have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, center guard. You know, I, I think he, you know, played center at Wisconsin. I think he could play either one. Yeah. So, uh, how how high do you see him going? Uh, late day two. I think round two. I think he goes round two. Um, you know, I, I think like him, Avila, John Michael Schmitz. I think we're all in that round two kind of mix for interior offensive line to me. Um, yeah. Another good question here from G10. Uh, he really likes Kendra Miller and Tank Bixby as three down backs, but when all said and done, I think they go day two. Should Dallas pick one of these guys at 58? As he thinks both are gone at 90, uh, what are your thoughts on both? I think it could happen. I think Kendra Miller probably is, is fairly locked in, I think, to day two. Um, I mean, running back, they can always fall because the positional – value teams might not value to take one so i think kendra miller's probably locked in top 120 um hank bigsby i think the combine's got to determine that i think a lot of people have him high rightfully so as g10 said these are two guys with size and 
production that uh, could be three down running backs in the NFL. Bigsby is, I don't know how fast he is. I don't know if he's athletic enough. Um, but I do think if you're a team like Dallas, you might maybe they tag Pollard. Zeke probably is one more year. I think picking one round, three round, four is interesting. We're going to see a lot of NFL teams that we don't think you need a running back take a running back in this deep class because they're gearing up for a year or two down the line. Oh, I think you're muted, Brian. So I was just railing about the Bengals. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Look, you didn't like my Bijan Robinson pick in my last month to the Bengals. That's not happening. You knew what happened when you made that pick. Nah, look. Once they cut Joe Mixon and can't sign so much of Piran, it'll look look mighty good. They're still not drafting running back around. Have you guys seen Caleb Murphy, Ferris State? What are his strengths and weaknesses, and where do you see him going? Uh, I mean, super productive. Dude, like Caleb Murphy's the sack master at Ferris State. He was at the shrine, right? Yeah, yeah. He he was, and I, I think he got a sack in the game, um, along with like every other small school edge rusher yeah. in, in that game. But he, I mean, he 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 uses his hands well. Like he's a smart player. He has a lot of different pass rush moves. I don't think he's going to be super athletic or wow you with you know with with his footwork or anything. But I think he could be a situational pass rusher with some upside that just keeps producing despite not you don't think he matches up you know round four round five probably that area you look at for Caleb Murphy yeah yeah I, th- I think I think round five probably is good there you go all right Shane we uh we went longer than I thought we were going to tonight but that's that's fine we uh we had some time to fill uh we had to do a last minute uh shuffling of the program there uh we're expected to have uh, Jake Arthur from Fan Nation Colts on tonight, but you know it's been a busy week for the Colts beat, so uh, he had to uh, take up other arrangements this evening, and that's fine. We understand, and we were able to fill the time uh, with with talking about our board, so that's good. We were going to do that anyway at some point, so nice to we 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 could fill the air tonight, Shane. No, I thought it was a good show. I, I hopefully people got some names. If you haven't heard any of the names, guys, you can watch. Be interested in see where they're going to mock drafts and whatnot. Uh, but it's going to be a good week with these rankings. I'm actually going to be doing my final 2024 mock until May, uh, coming up on Monday to uh, get all the guys that went back to school and clean that up. And uh, it was fun. It was. It's been fun to put together. I'm as, as I'm working on it and making some edits. I'm sure the people on Twitter will take that very well, Shane. That you're putting out a 2024 mock draft. Yes, I will not get any hate for looking too far ahead and calling me a loser so i can't wait yeah all right so anybody watching the show tonight if you're not already subscribed to the channel here on youtube please do so uh hit the like button on the videos share them out with everybody if you listen to the audio version of this podcast please go to spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever that you is wherever you go to listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review and a thumbs up rating or however their rating system go and share that out as well um Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Uh, follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your daily draft needs. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.